Matt, for that, and music team for leading us in some great uh, songs uh, this morning. Uh, it's good to see Beth as well. Beth and I went to school uh, together like 18 years ago. It's at Word of Life. It's hard to believe. Uh, it's weird thinking that. So anyways, but... Uh, um, anyways, and it's great to, 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 I know some faces, some are connected. Uh, Wanda, you're related to many in our church as well, and, uh, and some familiar faces just over the, the years being so close uh, together. Uh, it is good to be here. Uh, I am the associate. Uh, Matt knows that role well of you just doing kind of everything, uh, which I like. I like to do lots of different things, so you get that opportunity. And so uh, we've been at Stony Creek for coming up to five years now. Uh, and like anything in life, it's hard to believe how fast time goes by. And so uh, we love our church and, of course, the church, the people, and our city uh, and our neighborhood. We just live in Northridge. So it was a nice, quick drive to get here uh, this morning, just about the same to get to my church. So um, if this was a more normal time, uh, my wife and kids would have joined me. I would much rather be with them and and wish they could be here with us. And so, uh, but we've been married for 14 years and we have four kids uh, and they are 12, 10, Seven and five. I actually wrote it down because it's like every year their their age changes, so it's hard to keep up. And without school, it's hard to keep track of what grade they are in now. So, um, but uh, anyways, we, my wife and I, we, we have much to be thankful for, and uh, God has blessed us greatly, and uh, we try to live our lives in thankfulness to to His grace in our lives. Uh, well, that's enough about me. You don't need to know anything more about me. That's fine. But uh, we are going to be this morning in Psalm 46. Uh, so I would encourage you to open your Bibles there, and we're going to be looking at God's Word uh, in uh, the Psalm 46 this morning. So let's, I'm going to read the passage, uh, and then we're actually going to work through it in three different sections. But I want us to see uh, once again, I know this is a familiar psalm for many of you, so this is not the first time you're going to hear it, uh, or it's not the first time you have heard it, uh, but I just want us to hear God's word, uh, Psalm 46. So here it is. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdom totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, This 
is a psalm that has been very important in my own personal life and my family's life over the past year and a half. And, and I'll explain a bit more at the end. And so when uh, Pastor Nate asked about, uh, he was saying they're going through psalms, you guys are going through psalms. Uh, and I said, well, is Psalm 46 available? Can I preach on that? And it was. So I was glad to hear uh, because it is one that we have read often as a family uh, over the last year and a half. Now, if you know anything about movies, uh, a common theme more and more is that the world is going to end. Now, some of them are completely unrealistic, like an Avenger needs to stop someone, uh, and then the world won't end. But there are other movies where they try to at least make it seem like a realistic way that the world is going to end. And so in some ways, that's a little bit more on our minds in recent years, maybe just because of entertainment But this psalm we see here, the theme of it is telling us that even in the worst crisis, and the worst crisis, Psalm 46 is telling us, that that the world is literally being destroyed, that we, even in that time, can trust God, trust that he is our refuge and strength. Uh, that, that he is a very present help in trouble, that he is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies, uh, and that he is the God of Jacob, our fortress. And so that is the theme, that even if the whole world was literally being destroyed, everything shaken, God will not be moved. We can still find our hope and salvation in him. And what I want to make clear, and that's it's what has been clear all morning in our worship together, is that this is hope for the child of God. That this is hope for the one who knows Jesus Christ. Uh, the one who is who trusting in Christ alone by faith alone. That he has died in our place on the cross. And that he rose again and so we have eternal life. And so this is the hope for the child of God found in Psalm 46. Uh, the child of God, though, in this life, is we, we know it's full of trials and temptations, right? So we know that walk as Christians, right? Day by day being hit with difficulties and struggles, uh, and, and we know that all too well. And especially in time of pandemic, what we've been going through the last three or four months I don't know about you, but it's hard in, in uncertainties. Uh, it's hard to know, you know, things seem to change and there's so much different information uh, and there's so much uh, just, just not knowing what is going to come. So much changes. And I know in our own church, I, a lot of what I do is visiting people and talking with people and a lot of phone calls and uh, all of these things and just talking with a lot of our people. And I'm, I'm sure it's the same as, as uh, you folk as well, that a lot are struggling with many different things, whether it's this pressures of, of uh, without work, uh, the pressures in the home uh, with marriages struggling more. Uh, there are the, the, the worry of, of some of our older folk who are on their own and unable to see family and friends and who are very much struggling and are feeling alone in these times. And of course, that's not just the last couple of months that difficulties and trials have been with us this whole life. And so what this psalm tells us, it doesn't tell us 
In this psalm, how do we navigate through the difficulties? How do we, it doesn't tell us how to trust God in this, in the, in difficulties and in, in dark times, but it tells us that, that He is worthy to trust. It tells us that in the midst of uncertainty and unknown and how am I going to walk in this dark, dark time and everything is falling apart to be reminded that God is sure. His salvation is certain. Uh, this psalm, it's, it's written, uh, it seems to be written in light of a coming crisis to Israel. Uh, so now it does not tell us what that crisis is to come. And I would suggest we don't need to look into it uh, to find out what crisis is coming because the language that the author uses is a global event, not a local event. And so we won't dig into finding out exactly what was happening in the time of Israel when this was written. Uh, but no, it seems to be in light of some type of crisis, maybe an invading army coming to Israel. Uh, This psalm as well uh, is Martin Luther's, or was Martin Luther's favorite psalm, uh, the reformer uh, who pegged the 95 Thesis on the door. Uh, he, uh, this was a favorite psalm of his, and the song, you might know the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, it's been around for a couple of years, since 1527 about is when he wrote that uh, song, and it was based off of Psalm 46, uh, and it said that he wrote that song, uh, the, the Black Plague had been ravishing Europe for many years, and it was once again heading to Germany, and he wrote, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, in light of this disease coming once again. Now, if you look in your Bibles, look at the title there, it's, as we go through this. Uh, the title, it tells us, to the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. Uh, so first we see that this is written by the sons of Korah. There are 11 psalms attributed to these authors, to these writers. We don't know a lot about them other than that they served in the temple. Uh, they obviously, they played music and they must have wrote music as well. As well, the other words there, it talks about choir master, Alamoth, and song. Uh, that these words remind us, as we heard already, that the psalms are songs, that they're meant to be sung, if that's the right way to say it. They are meant to be sung together as a, as a congregation, as God's people. And, and even that word Alamoth there, it's telling us the tune uh, that this song is to be sung in. Now, we don't know what that tune is, uh, but it's telling us this. And so it's important for us to be reminded of that. Uh, this psalm easily breaks into three sections. If you look at the end of verse 3, and then at the end of verse 7, and at the end of verse 11, it says that word Selah. Uh, now, the traditional view of Selah is that it's some type of musical rest. Now, I'm not a musician. I, don't, I just like to make a loud noise when singing, and I don't know musical rest. Uh, but it also means an idea as the singer to pause, to reflect on what you have been singing. Uh, and so, we, so that's how we're going to look at it in those three uh, sections there. And I just want to pause uh, and just be reminded of the importance of singing together uh, and, and be reminded how God's word here is, is meant to be sung in the Psalms. Uh, and, and, and why when we gather as the church, we're called to sing together because it has an amazing way to teach uh, ourselves, to teach each other the truths of God's 
word. Uh, I don't know about you, but when you leave a church service, when we leave our gathering, is it the sermon that's on your lips or is it one of the songs that the music team led that is on your lips? I know myself, I'm the one who's prepared and thought through the passage for however many hours, but when I leave, it is a song that is on my mind and heart as I leave. Uh, And so the importance of music is God created us as a special way to gather and to sing God's truth and teaching us one another of Christ and his word. Now let's look at verses one to three, the first section. Now just so you know, this is going to be my longest look. So if you're starting to look at your watch and thinking, oh man, he's only on point one, the next two are much uh, faster. So just so you know. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. And so what we see here is a, a radical trust in the protective strength of God as our refuge, that even if our world is being destroyed, we will not fear. Uh, if you just... Look at some of the language here. Uh, There is going to be a comparison being made to what's happening on the earth to what God is like. The comparison of God will be in the next section, but just look at this. It talks about the earth giving way, mountains moving and trembling, waters roaring and foaming. Much movement is being described here. Uh, If you just think of mountains moving, right? Mountains, I don't know much about, uh, you know, that, but mountains shouldn't move. They seem firm and solid and in place. Uh, and, And he talks here how the mountains begin to shake. And I think there's an image here that, that on, in this life, there are things that we sometimes look to to find strength and refuge that seem certain and sure and solid. But the reality is things on this earth are not that way. They will shake. They will fall. Uh, maybe it's something like money that we try to find strength and refuge in. But we must know that it is not firm. It is not solid. That can all be taken away. I was pastoring in a church in Harrow, which is south of Windsor, in 2008. And of course, that's when the economy crashed and many of our men lost jobs and working in Windsor. And we learned quick as a church that money is not certain. The things are not certain. So to find rest and refuge and strength, a very present help in something like money cannot be a sure thing. Uh, as well, he uses the language of waters roaring and foaming. I don't know if you've ever been to the ocean before. When it's loud, it, it's, when it's wavy, it's loud. Uh, you can't really hear. We often vacation as a family in the Outer Banks. Uh, But we go in September, which is hurricane season, because it's like a tenth of the price than to go in the summer. But you take the risk of hurricane-like weather. Uh, So a couple years ago, we were there, and it was quite wavy, and we we weren't supposed to go in. Uh, But it was loud. Uh, We did go in, and it was very tiring the way the water was pulling you every which way. Uh, We tried some surfing, and I ended up separating my shoulder and hit the bottom of the ocean, and the lifeguard said, you weren't supposed to go in. I'm like, well, I know that now. Thank you, as I'm lying there in pain. But, and I was tired and exhausted, and when you're in that sort of water, you just see how you're being pulled around, and can't life be like that? 
It's, it's often loud. It can be confusing. It's tiring. Things are going well. And then, bam, something can happen that can just change your life dramatically, change your week, day, month, whatever it is. Some news or some type of relationship that just has ended. It as well uses language as floods covering the mountains, uh, floods uh, uh, destroying or coming above the mountains. Uh, For whatever reason, whenever I think of this imagery, uh, I think of we used to play a game with my brothers. On uh, we'd always go camping at the Pinery, and we'd all build our own castles. And we would each our own build walls around the castle. And it was after a stormy day, the waves would come and we would put feathers in each one of the, our castle. And it was the winner would be the castle that stood the longest without the feather being swept away. Uh, and of course, we were very competitive. There had to be a winner and losers, of course. Uh, and eventually there would be a winner. But the amazing thing is that water eventually destroyed all of our castles until there was no sign of any of it left. And I often think of the real life version of that would be scary if that was your actual place. And I've never been in a, a flood like this. But it's even telling us that in a literal flood or when our life is just being completely flooded with darkness and trials and difficulties and it just seems to be destroying everything around us, things that we might even hold dear to is shaking, that the psalmist is telling us that even in this, we will not fear. It can certainly be scary. It can certainly be be hard to navigate, but we will not be ruled by fear. And why is that? The psalm tells us, because God is our refuge. It is in him we find shelter. Uh, It's in his hands that we are safe, right? Jesus says, no one can pluck us out of his hands. Uh, That our salvation is secure, it is eternal, That that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit so that not even death can end that that in death we will be with our Savior forever, that we are safe in his hands. And I certainly do not mean safe in that no harm will ever come to us. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death through trials, but know that Christ has us secure and in him, and there is hope in our salvation. Uh, God is our strength, right? God is more powerful than anything that comes this life, right? Think Jesus on the boat, He talked to a storm and it ended. Uh, Jesus is more powerful than any power of this world or any nation or any ruler in this world. Uh, But then this psalmist as well, it gives us this this overall eternal hope, but it also tells us an important part that, that God is our very present help, that God walks with us day by day in the midst of trial uh, that, that Just think of the truth that God is with us, that even when no one else is, or even when we're feeling completely alone, maybe circumstances in life cause family to be separated and you are alone, but we can know that God is always with us. Uh, and we have refuge and strength in him alone. It is not him plus something else. Right? I, I enjoy my house, and I'm thankful to have a house that we can live in, 
But if Stony Creek stops paying me, I hope they don't, but if they stop paying me and I have no more money, that house is then gone and I have to find something else. That God is not relying on a couple different things to then provide refuge and shelter, that it is in him alone. And we can know his promises and his word will endure because they're based in him alone. And what's amazing to think as well, and that he's a very present help, that, that God gives to us his strength to walk this life and through the difficulties of this life. Think of Ephesians 6.10. And he tells us, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That if you think of Ephesians 6 right after, what does God give to his children? He gives to us the armor of God that we can stand firm and walk faithfully. Let's look at verses four to seven. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdom totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Now, there's quite the abrupt change, if you notice, from verse 3 to verse 4, right? From waters, oceans, roaring and foaming to this gentle river. Uh, Now, commentators uh, go back and forth about what these images mean and what this river means. So we're not going to go into all the, the deep details of the possibilities. I just want us to think of the overall truth that is being told to us here. That he tells us that when nations are raging, when, when kingdoms are collapsing, and just think in our life, when we, you know, what's the term, when we're painted into a corner, trials and temptation on every side, we can know that God is with his people. God is with his church, and God and his word will not be moved. Again, just think of that comparison, right? In verses one to three, it talks about how everything in this earth is shaking and and being destroyed. It's being moved, but God will not be moved. Things in this world are constantly changing. We're constantly changing, but God remains the same. His promises remain. They endure. Circumstances don't change his love towards his children, and we can hope in that. And what's neat to think of here as well in this image that the psalmist uses is that when everything around us can be a, a roar and a foaming ocean, that God provides for his people this gentle stream. And again, this is an image that's used often in the Psalms, and we already heard from Psalm 23. And that's, I don't know about you, when you think of a gentle stream, I think of Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or Psalm 46, when everything around us is seemingly to be crumbling, or they are crumbling, that God, through Christ, nourishes us, protects us, cares for us, never leaves us. He is our great shepherd caring for his sheep, and he walks with us through 
the trials and dark times. Lastly, verses 8 to 11. It says, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. And here we have a future hope. A future hope. See, our world is full of violence. It's full of of difficulties and and, uh, sadness and sorrow and death. And we could list and go on and on. But our future hope is that one day God will destroy all the tools of war. All the trials of life will be over when Christ returns. And, And verse 10 here I want you to picture this. The idea of verse 10 is is God speaking to the raging nations, to those who are fighting and violent and arguing. He is speaking to them and saying, be still and know that I am God. Where in all of the nations, one day he will be exalted in all of the earth. The illustration is like two kids on a playground fighting. Uh, arguing. I won't use my kids. My kids never do that. So it's other people's kids do that. Uh, and the teacher coming over and like, you know, however you should to grab onto them and pulling them apart and being like, all right, just calm down. Pay attention. Stop fighting. And that's the message here. Be still and know that I am God is what he is telling to the nations. God is telling to the nations. And what's amazing is to think how God uses his church to bring the gospel to the nations, his gospel of peace, of what Christ has done and what he will do. And our hope is, as Philippians 2 says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that, in, that, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father, that we wait for this day. And our lives as the church are to give evidence that God is in the midst of her, in the midst of us, and how we live with God as our refuge and our strength and help. Now, why this has been an important psalm for us as a family, and I'm sure for many of you as well, or at least it's become, I don't know, important, uh, just become more forefront in our walk with Christ. About a year and a half ago, uh, my youngest daughter, Pepper, was four at the time, and she was having knee pain, and eventually she began to have a low-grade fever, uh, now, she's our fourth kid, so eventually we went to the doctor uh, after that. And we brought her to the doctors on a Thursday, and our doctor said, bring her to Emerge, uh, just because it's fa- you can get things done faster by going to Emerge and just have some tests done to rule out you know, whatever it could be. Um, so we brought her in on Thursday, did all the tests. She stayed the night Thursday night, and then Friday around supper time, Uh, the doctor came in and told us that Pepper has leukemia. Um, And from that point on, Pepper didn't leave the hospital for three months. Uh, And uh, that whole year, we probably spent about six months in the hospital uh, for her. My daughter also has Down syndrome, and so they are much more careful uh, with her than other kids with cancer. 
and so we're still in, we're still very much in this. Her treatments go till April. Uh, and of course, now the weight of a pandemic uh, has added uh, much more worry and concern and, and how to parent in, in a time like this. Like, for example, she won't be going to school this year, and she should be going into grade one. And I have to say, when, when that first was told to you, uh, everything around us was just shaken. We had no idea. I don't know if you've ever gotten news like that before. Uh, you don't even know what to think. And we were trying to think through, okay, my wife's at home. I work at the church full-time. How's that even going to work with my wife in the hospital so often? And, and, and then things like health. Now all of a sudden we've got to think about things. When she gets a cold, she's in the hospital for like a month and she needs oxygen and all that. She just gets so stuffed up and kids with Down syndrome struggle with that as it is. And so we have to be very careful now with something like health that before we weren't thinking as much about. Uh, Pepper can't be an hour away from London, so thinking our three years have to completely change with how we now live our lives. Anyways, I'm not going on to let's to be sort, but I know many of you have the same types of stories in your own lives when darkness and trials and, and you just have no idea how I'm going to walk wisely in this, you have been hit with that, and maybe you're in the midst of that right now. And it was the night before chemo started for Pepper. I brought the kids to, uh, I can't remember where, somewhere. I dropped them off somewhere. And I came back to the hospital at about 11 o'clock at night. And my wife and I sat there in the dark and we had a flashlight and we read, we opened our Bible and we read Psalm 46. Uh, and we read it through multiple times, and then we sat and we prayed through Psalm 46 multiple times, and just having no idea what chemo meant, and knowing though it's we're running poison through our daughter to kill the cancer in her. And and again, in that moment, we had no idea, so many uncertainties, and had just were struggling to know how to walk and trust in these times. But what Psalm 46, what God did through his spirit, through his word in our lives was to remind us that even when everything around us is crumbling, we can know that God is not. When all of the things that we may have tried to find refuge and strength in were crumbling, we now saw that God is our refuge and strength and our ever-present help. And so we are continuing to learn to find our strength in Christ. And so what I want in closing, that this psalm tells us that unlike the uncertain things of life, the the, the fortresses that we may try to build in this life, they will crumble. The strengths that we try to live by in this world will grow weak. Uh, the helps that we might rely on, they are not always present. 
But in the midst of trial, in the midst of a pandemic with many uncertainties, we can know that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help. His salvation is sure. His strength never weakens. His help is always present. And so, as Martin Luther once said, probably about 500 years ago, as he reflected on Psalm 46, he would often say, come Let us sing the 46th Psalm and let them do their worst. And let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, this morning. Thank you for this church. And uh, uh, Lord, I just uh, thank you for each one, how you've gifted uh, to serve you, to serve one another. Uh, Just thank you. Uh, for uh, their their witness and how they are a light uh, here on Cheapside. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Thank you for Psalm 46 and the truths found in it. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would continue to teach us, remind us by your word that even when our world is completely falling apart, that we do not have to, we will not fear because you are our certain refuge, our, our eternal strength, and our very present help. And so, Lord, I pray that we would more and more as people, as, as God's people, as, as families, that we would rely on you and walk faithfully with you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for his death, his resurrection. Thank you for the life that we have in him. Lord, you are so awesome. In Jesus' name, amen.